You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And I'm delighted to be joined on today's guest as we get ready to preview week seven. It's it's already week seven. It's uh, really flying, and each and every week is flying by, and uh, we're almost at the halfway point of uh, the NFL regular season, which makes it the halfway point of the uh, NFL fantasy season. And I'm joined on the show today by Curtis Patrick. If you're a long-time listener to the show, you'll have heard him he- on here on many different occasions. And if you're a listener to the Player Writer podcast and lots of other great podcasts that he bees on from time to time, it is uh, Curtis Patrick, uh, the senior writer over there at DLF Football and uh, an analyst at Pro Football Focus Fantasy. So it's always my pleasure, Curtis. Calm. Thanks for having me back. This is, uh, man, we really are right in the meat of the season. It's it's crazy. I think it's time to start figuring it out if these teams are, are ready for the playoffs. People, people are already looking at that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of my teams uh, in fantasy, and uh, there's a couple of them. I know in the the Capitalist Pigs Two League that Scott Fish uh, has set up, and uh, one of my favorite leagues that I'm in. But my favorite, due to the people in it, and due to the different rules and regulations in it, not due to how my team is doing. So it's uh, already this week uh, was the decision to really go into uh, full look to next year mode. So we'll be talking a lot of different little, little bits and pieces. Uh, regarding dynasty and dynasty teams dynasty players as that is what uh, Curtis really does nail and uh, do a fantastic job on with uh, all the great work that he's doing as I mentioned there with dynasty league football and just uh, in general with all the, the different stuff I remember I think I'm not sure if it was the last time or one of the last times uh, you were on the show we said about uh, you know you had changed your name at that stage to dynasty command but now dynasty command is uh, something that you've set up uh, as the premium slack chat that you're running so dynasty command uh, is no longer your twitter handle but uh, uh, it is still uh, near and dear to uh, your heart. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. It you know I, I won't spend too much time here, but do want to encourage OTI listeners to to check us out. Um, Dynasty Command Center is basically um, a community that me and Ryan McDowell are building for um, Dynasty players that really want to talk strategy. Um, get me and Ryan to kind of dig into your teams and your portfolio, help you strategize and, and manage all of these different teams. It's so difficult. Calm. I know you agree that with 140 characters on Twitter, you know, all, all the questions that you get and, and people even, you know, DM me, which is fine, but it's just so difficult um, to keep track of, you know, everyone's different um, goals and, and all the different teams that they have. And you might answer a question one way for someone on the timeline and you would answer it a different way for someone else's other situation. And so that's what Dynasty Command Center is. It's show me all your teams. I want screenshots of every team. I want links to your league. We're going to dive in, come up with your strategy this year, next year, help you with trades. Um, you know, it's basically an on, almost like an ongoing consulting service. But what, I, what we've really noticed is some of these um, members start to help each other out because they start to see how I play and how Ryan plays. And, and, and it's really we're seeing the group start to play uh, kind of like with a like mind. So it's really interesting. Uh, we have subs available for as low as nine ninety nine. Um, you can check the link out. It's the pinned tweet at Dynasty Command. You can check that out. Yeah, and uh, obviously Dynasty, there's so much strategy and different uh, little aspects that go into it. And I know I've had Ryan on the show a number of times. I've listened to uh, his podcast there with Matt Williamson. And uh, there's just so much uh, good content coming out. And, you know, along with Scott Fish, who I mentioned, uh, two of the two of the 
real kind of almost i know they're not old guys but uh, almost like the grandfathers of dynasty at this moment in time they're just uh, passing out all that knowledge to people so with you and ryan there it's uh, an absolutely fantastic service uh, starting off the show i always like to thank everyone for coming and tuning in and obviously you can hit us up uh, on twitter as i mentioned at overtime ireland you can also make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on itunes or stitcher or you can stream it as well on the overtimeireland.com website so pretty much uh, if you're listening to this for the first time you're wondering how to listen to it in best uh, format whether you have your own preferred uh, podcast app i know i have one that's not one of the ones that i mentioned so if you need that rss feed or anything just go to overtimeireland.com forward slash podcast and you'll be able to get all the different ways to listen to the show uh, and that there's pretty much as simple as it gets right there so uh, when we're talking, and it's something that you mentioned there, the, the 140 characters as well on, on Twitter, and I'm, pretty much all my interaction, uh, whether it's Dynasty related, uh, goes through Twitter because I don't have a, an OTI Facebook account and I, I don't have a Slack chat uh, thing set up for OTI. But when I'm talking to people, and even now I've really enjoyed this season, I've been getting a lot more interaction on Sundays for people looking who to start and who to sit, but people send you one thing three three player names and you have to say ppr standard it, it does take so much time so i really understand the, the value of that slack chat so uh, i recommend the listeners heading over and checking that out we're going to get into looking kind of back to last week and uh, heading into this week and then of course with a little bit of a dynasty slant as we look forward into uh, what these players maybe can be worth at the end of the season or heading into next off season maybe some players that need to bounce back maybe some players who have had a huge spike in their value but uh, a player that uh, is near and dear to my heart and uh, really didn't go well this past week for, for my team and the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers unfortunately broke his collarbone. Looks like could be the end of his season, is going to have surgery but uh, we'll see. Uh, they're trying to, to keep him uh, with the option maybe later in the season. So Brett Hundley took over in that game against the Vikings, ended the game with 157 passing yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Ty Montgomery was back after his rib injury, but the entire offense uh, kind of really struggled overall as they lost to the Vikings 23-10. And, uh, on the other side, then, obviously, Jarek McKinnon uh, had 99 total yards and a pair of touchdowns. Uh, Adam Thielen with Stefan Diggs out had uh, nine catches, uh, or nine uh, catches of 13 targets for 97 scoreless yards and then Laquan Treadwell who somebody who uh, you know in dynasty circles you know maybe two off seasons ago as he came in was a a really really you know a star asset to have but it's just it hasn't gone as well as it should have for him coming into the league but uh, he did get a nice little uh, three catch 51 yard performance which for him is I guess we'll call the monster game for Laquan Treadwell but overall I want to get your thoughts on kind of the Packers now rest of season, obviously, with uh, Hunley coming in. Are you really notching down those wide receivers, you know, like Devontae Adams, uh, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb? And then on the other side, um, you know, are you starting to have a little bit of faith in maybe what Jarek McKinnon could do? I know, you know, there's a lot of Jarek McKinnon truthers out there in the dynasty circles. Oh, yeah, man, there's a lot a lot of layers <laughs> this year, calm. So, um, so, so, yeah, so with the uh, with the Packers, I think you've got to knock Jordy and, and Devontae Adams. I think you got to knock them down about half a tier you know Jordy I think was pretty much a consensus um top half wide receiver one um rest of season with Aaron Rodgers in there and and he's more of a borderline wide receiver one wide receiver two moving forward I think similarly I'm moving Devontae Adams down into that wide receiver two wide receiver three kind of borderline uh, again about half of a tier um Randall Cobb actually he bumps up for me I think he's more of like a a low-end wide receiver three yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's right where my head is. I think that he's going to run more of those shorter routes, uh, uh, you know, with with the running game 
um, and the other team's trying to key in on that. Maybe we could see some increased usage of Cobb out of the backfield, uh, standing back there next to Hundley in the shotgun. So I think it more than anything, it's going to be, you know, whose week is it? I think it's going to become frustrating. Um, you know, that that's the best advice I can give is, is you got to knock, you got to knock the two kind of alpha guys down and, and Cobb probably gets a slight bump, but they're, they're definitely shakier starts. The other, the other piece in green Bay is, you know, with Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones and that whole saga unfolding, those guys are basically both, I mean, maybe you call them upside, uh, running back threes. Now I don't feel great about starting either one, um, with the other teams kind of keying in, um, to shut down the running game at this point to jump over to McKinnon. Man, he is really he's really shut Latavius um, kind of out. Um, you know, he he's shown that uh, he's he's dynamic and it's transferring uh, better than it has in in other seasons. And I think he's m- more of like an upside RB two for me rest of the season. Yeah, and I, he's somebody that I had you know I bought into last off season and I was had him in a lot of teams in this off season and kind of moved him on as a, a piece in some kind of uh, bigger trades. He was just going to toss in at the end of it, and I, so when it came around this time and I mentioned it on the podcast, whichever week it was that uh, Cook went down, he was going to you know he was a hot waiver wire ad. I just said you know he might do it this time again he might you know break out but i'm not buying in this time and uh unfortunately for me he uh has looked pretty good in what he's been able to do so it's going to be it's going to be interesting too to see just well it's anytime a quarterback goes down we just have to wait and see because last week obviously the game plan was built around Aaron Rodgers and what his skill set was this week maybe we'll see it uh, maybe a, a lot more obviously tailored towards uh you know Hunley and see what he can do he's somebody who in the preseason, I know it's a different scenario. He has looked good over the last two seasons. He is involved in the system. And something that I haven't heard talked about a lot this week is the threat for him to run. It's something that he done a little bit in college. So we'll see just how this offense changes. I think it's really one of those ones where this time next week we'll have a much, much clearer idea of what we can expect from the Packers offense going forward. But I think you broke it down very, very well there. And Looking on now to uh, the next game on the slate, and it was the Chicago Bears and the, the Baltimore Ravens. This was one that the Bears had in real control, and then uh, the Ravens uh, kind of snuck their way back into it. And just uh, then in overtime, it goes and uh, Chicago wins. So it was just one of those ones where they just let uh, the Ravens think they were going to have a chance for just a moment. Jordan Howard uh, wore down the, the defense for the Baltimore Ravens, and then he eventually did break them in overtime, as I mentioned, carried the ball 36 times. And you, you did hear that correct, 36 carries in this one for him, 167 yards without a score. And then Tariq Cohen uh, had a role in the passing game. Uh, he didn't have a role actually catching passes, but he did uh, throw one for a touchdown he caught one pass of his own for 16 yards so with uh, how the Ravens have gone were you uh, impressed with uh, anything that Mitchell Trubisky done the Baltimore Ravens defense is a tough one uh, to go against and obviously Jordan Howard is getting a huge workhorse role Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can hold up Uh, he's already banged up at the start of the season it's gonna be hard for him to to hold up getting 36 carries a week yeah that that's really the big takeaway in Chicago is that even with the horrific quarterback play that we had when Glennon was in there and, and obviously kind of a, a trimmed down playbook for Trubisky to start and teams really knowing that Howard's the only threat. I mean, he's still performing and you know that, you know, 36 carries and 167, you know, total yards, you know, this wasn't a 36 carry 80 yard performance where they're just grinding out the clock. Um, he, he touched the ball that many times and he, and he continued to produce, I mean, almost five yards a touch. So I, th- I think the big story for me in Chicago is that Jordan Howard, um, he's kind of restored that confidence for me in him as a dynasty asset. Everyone was freaking out <laughs> after week one and week two and what and what Cohen did. And 
um, the injuries to the receivers and, and Howard's playing hurt and he's balling. You know, Cohen is a guy that, you know, I hope I hope people saw um, kind of what he was and, and, and cashed out there. Benny Cunningham has has really eaten into what Cohen's doing on that offense. And he looks like he's going to be used more as a, a gimmicky type player than I think what uh, optimists would have hoped a few weeks ago. So if you can cash him out for a second round pick still somehow in a dynasty league, uh, you got my permission to do that with Cohen. Yeah, it's amazing that, uh, you know, pretty much after week two week three uh, people were getting some substantial offers for cohen but it's always that decision of when to to cash out or when to buy into a certain player don't be buying in at his highest cost and don't be cashing out at his lowest cost it's always that they're uh, tough dynamic and you know jordan howard i'm sure some people did trade and acquire him around that week one week two uh, time and uh, are looking now like they have a bargain on their hands is an incredible workload uh, the ravens then uh, scored just 24 points most of them coming through uh, field goals or defensive scores. Buck Allen was outtouched uh, again by Alex Collins, who rushed for 74 yards and 15 carries. Allen managed 66 yards of his own, uh, and Bruce Shed Perryman suffered a concussion in this. And I, I've mentioned it in the last few shows that uh, Joe Flacco just looks uh, looks terrible. It's just, it's, uh, there's no real other words for it. He just looks so, so bad. So with all that in mind, uh, is it just a case of avoiding all Ravens? It's, you know, it's very hard. Mike Wallace had a big game two weeks ago, did nothing this week, and then... Uh, you know, Macklin had uh, has really been hard to find this season. I mean, you you can't play any of those receivers. You you just can't. You um, I mean, unless you're in like a 32 team league <laughs> um, with no play if with no player copies, then then we can talk. Um, you know, I, I still think there's a there's times where you know people are going to still have to use some of these um, some of these players. Ben Watson is kind of a uh, spotty, I guess, low end tight end too. And I kind of look at both of these backs as, you know, man, probably RB4s with some with some upside. I think the only chance that there is to salvage um, a productive player on that team is if we were to see um, if we were to see Collins um, get more run. You know, we kind of know what Allen is at this point. He's had a couple big games where he had a lot of receptions, but he's not a game changer. Collins just continues to have these big runs. If they were to ever entrust him with any type of passing game role uh, or increase his snap share, then maybe he becomes, you know, a low end RB2 or something between now and the end of the season. But, you know, I think you could start him in standard even now if you had to. And Buck Allen is kind of just uh, uh, you don't feel great about him, but you might have to rotate him in with your flex spot. Yeah, and if you want to talk about somebody who is a game changer, I think we can uh, talk about it. one of them now, and it's Melvin Gordon uh, playing for the Chargers this week. They beat the Oakland Raiders in a close game. Uh, Gordon ran 25 times for 83 yards and a touchdown. He also caught a team high, uh, or he caught nine of his team high target share, which was uh, 12 targets mm-hmm. for 67 yards and another touchdown. So he is really and truly uh, just having a, a monster start to this season. And uh, then Hunter Henry, five uh, catches for 90 yards, and he led the team in receiving. And then Keenan Allen was a little bit quieter, five catches for 45 yards. Mike Williams on this one did make his NFL debut, caught one target for 15 yards. So uh, obviously it wasn't uh, as highly anticipated uh, and a, a dynamic performance as maybe some of his owners were expecting and hoping for but it's good uh, very very positive to see him on the field at least so I guess out of that we'll uh, we'll touch on Mike Williams uh, obviously was a very high dynasty pick coming into the season uh, as a rookie uh, how do you see his value now and uh, what do you expect moving forward well I think now that he's been on the field um, that that value is going to start to creep back up um, he actually I think he got on the field a little sooner uh, maybe than people had 
anticipated. I think he had a, he had been saying that he'd be back quickly, but everyone was kind of skeptical. It seems like a lot of these rookie receivers, um, you know, Corey Davis has fallen into that bucket that they just, uh, they get banged up and, you know, we don't see them uh, much in the, in the rookie year. But, um, you know, I think now that he's out there and he's getting some snaps, he'll continue to build a role. I don't, I don't think he's a guy that you're going to be able to depend on this year. Tyrell Williams is just too entrenched um, at this point. But, you know, there's a there's a high probability Williams is gone next year. Uh, Tyrell Williams, that is, is gone next year. And I think that's what you're really looking for with, with Mike Williams is to take take over that role in uh, in 2018. So in terms of, of dynasty value, you're probably going to have to pay a first for Williams again at this point, just like you did back in the spring. I, I don't see anyone selling him for less than that. Yeah, and with a rookie anyway, even I know it's uh, you want to see them making it onto the field, but the rookies usually, especially the high-valued rookies, those top five kind of overall picks, they do tend to hold that value throughout the first season and into the second off-season. People are uh, rarely uh, are, are very reluctant to, to move them on and lose out in that value uh, so, so quickly. Uh, for the Raiders, uh, a little bit of a concern. Uh, obviously, Derek Carr returned from his one-game absence with that back injury, but did not look uh, all that comfortable, didn't look like he was moving all that fluidly, true for 171 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Marshawn Lynch did run 13 times for 63 yards, and Crabtree caught uh, six passes for 52 yards and a touchdown. But uh, I guess, again, uh, the, the the person to talk about in this team, uh, particularly in Dynasty, is Amari Cooper. He, he did catch uh, five passes for 28 yards. So how are we looking now uh, in terms of Dynasty? I've seen even maybe four or five weeks ago, a couple of leagues that I'm in, there was one in particular, I seen him traded for three first-round picks, and then obviously people, the person doing that trade probably thought he was buying in low at that point, but obviously it's continued to just descend down, and uh, there's no way uh, that value is probably holding up at this moment in time. What do you think, uh, what are you doing with Cooper if you own him in any league? Um, I don't own a lot of Cooper, um, but I've, I've started to, to buy and recommend um, that people buy. You know, I think, you know, you you can't ignore what he did in his first two seasons. One of the most prolific, um, I guess, receivers under the age of 23 of all time. Scott Barrett tweeted out um, some great stats earlier today. I mean, I guess he does every day, but um, he had he, he had he had one on uh, on Cooper where he was like top five and in, in uh, career receiving yards before the age of 23. And you know, there's there's a lot um, to be concerned about with Carr's injury, and you know, is it a mental thing with Cooper? A lot of people think maybe that is. You know, his knee was a little dinged, even dating back to early camp. And, and that's messing with him because uh, I was digging on him a little earlier today. And he's got about a half a yard less of separation at catch point um, on average um, per target this year than last year. So um, I, I've also noticed just kind of watching that he's getting pressed more often. And, and he's never really been much of that physical guy. He's been a footwork and a precision route runner. And I think he's going to have to develop um, that kind of powerful move um, at the line of scrimmage if he's if he's going to restore his production. But Cooper, you know, I, I looked at the uh, the trade finder over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Great tool uh, for subscribers over there. And his values are all over the place, but you're not seeing these deals for those three first round picks like you alluded to um, from a month ago. He's going for like a first plus um, pretty much on average, like a first plus a second or, you know, equivalent type of value in a player package. And if, uh, just, uh, you know, if you're going for a first plus a second, I think, you know, the, these picks turn out to be uh, pretty much anything from year to year. And I, I'm somebody who tends to sell off my dynasty picks when uh, that opportunity is there. And I think with Cooper, 
Um, I just think that there's there's no way it doesn't start to turn around for him. I think an interesting point you mentioned there was the separation and uh, getting pressed a little bit more at the line of scrimmage. I uh, dug in a little bit in the off season as to why you know he t- tends to struggle in the red zone and there was a lot of the times in, in the red zone he was getting press coverage and he wasn't able to, to beat his man. So maybe that is uh, something that he needs to work on a lot more to, to be able to develop that part of his game. But as you mentioned there, uh, you know the age uh, is such a such a factor and he's so so young come into the league so young so there's uh, no doubt about it uh, I would still be wanting to have Amari Cooper on my team and like you I don't have him in a lot of teams but there's definitely some offers and inquiries been made over the last couple of weeks to see if I can uh, get him in any spots but moving on to the next game we're going to look at and it is it was absolutely an incredible game the New Orleans Saints playing the Detroit Lions and the the Saints were really uh, blowing this one up running riot and then uh, late in the game it just uh, led to uh, Detroit climbing back in it's something that Detroit tend to do uh, you know when they get down early in games and then fight their way back in it looks a little bit better at the end but the, the Saints really did lay the hammer on this there was a game with a, a lot of penalties a lot of turnovers and there was uh, five turnovers from Matthew Stafford in this game Golden Tate and Marvin Jones tied the team with 96 receiving yards and each also scored a touchdown but Tate did leave the game with a shoulder injury and uh, you know there's been talk this week that possibly that shoulder injury was injured when he scored the touchdown done a flip going into the end zone so maybe he needs to uh, think about his uh, touchdown <laughs> celebrations a little bit better uh, heading into the next one the Lions do have a bye week this week so hopefully they can get a little bit healthier uh, as they move forward Eric Ebron uh, pretty much at this point is not even a consideration for Matthew Stafford caught one of three targets and uh, he even though Matthew Stafford set a new season high of 52 pass attempts so Eric Ebron, somebody who I bought in quite a bit of this offseason in Dynasty. Um, you know, at this moment in time, I think he's somebody that you just have to hold on to, but I can't see anyone wanting to uh, move in and acquire him with uh, what they've seen this season. No, you, you really can't move him. Um, you, you, you almost can't move him for anything. Um, I, I own quite a few Ebron shares uh, across my portfolio. I probably have about 50% um, ownership in, in Ebron, and, and I even tried just to divest from a couple shares and people won't even pay a third round pick for him at this point. I think you're kind of just holding and you hope that he figures it out. Um, but he's certainly, you know, he's not a player that you can trust. I think most people who owned him were hoping that this was the year that, man, maybe I get a, you know, low end tight end one production out of him. And, you know, he's he's not even a tight end two. I mean, you, you can't start him with any confidence uh, right now. So that's 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 pretty uh, that's, you know, pretty uh, depressing. Um I think he's a player that I've been pretty wrong on um, at, at this point. So I've I moved him way down my ranks. Yeah, and he's somebody who, for, for two players, I was really out on this offseason. One of them was Eric Ebron. The other one was uh, Kenny Britt. That one just, uh, we'll just leave that one. We'll not talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they would be two big misses this year. Adrian Peterson obviously headed to Arizona. We'll be talking a little bit more about him in a minute. But Adrian Peterson, or Mark Ingram rather, broke his scoreless streak, finding the end zone twice along with 150 yards. Looked really, really good in this one. And then rookie Alvin Kamara, who continues to look very, very good. Both these players, who I think, will have a, a nice role in the offense, although Ingram should have uh, kind of two thirds of it. He ended up with 87 scoreless yards and Ingram as I mentioned did play a larger role Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed finished with only 11 yards each on one reception which obviously isn't what you want if you own either of those guys and then uh, Ted Ginn caught all four of his targets for 66 yards and a touchdown so Ginn will continue to be one of those up up and down uh, all over the place each and every week you can't really uh, know what you're going to get still better if you have him in a best ball league Michael Thomas though a little bit surprising um uh, you know, with his usage uh, this season so far, it's been a little bit more uh, spotty than a lot of people would have liked. I'm not too worried about this performance. Um, Darius Slay shattered him, and you know, I think he's he's kind of an underappreciated 
um, corner in this league. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, that he shut him down. And I think it's kind of a good buy opportunity after a game like that where so many points were scored and, and Thomas didn't do anything. So, you know, he's still he's still like a mid wide receiver, too, on the year and points per game. And, you know, the Saints have a lot of home games left. They're past their buy. You know, Thomas is going to be he's going to get right. He's going to be fine. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. It was just uh, wanted to put it out there. I like to, I like to set up these questions just to see if people are going to agree with what I'm thinking. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit of vanity uh, there for myself. So uh, moving on, uh, Washington, uh, Kyle Shanahan did bench uh, Brian Hoyer pretty early in this game, and uh, C.J. Beathard, the rookie, came into the lineup. Uh, Beathard looked uh, pretty okay, I thought, true for 245 yards and a touchdown. So as I mentioned earlier with Hunley, when you're coming in, you're not set up just exactly to have the offense move around you for that particular week. It, uh, you know, it's good when they come in and play pretty well. So Shanahan announced after the game that he will be the quarterback moving forward this season. Running back Carlos Hyde bounced back. He led the backfield with 13 touches compared to uh, four carries for Matt Breida. So it's going to be up and down uh, two touchdowns in this one for Hyde it's it's very hard to uh, figure out how to how to trust these running backs in, in San Francisco yeah Hyde is not a guy that you can feel super confident in right now unless we get a, a report that you know he's 100 percent injury free and we see a game where he's not phased out for Brita um you know after the first week or two I think people were calling victory on Hyde uh, the people who wanted to say Shanahan was going to turn him into Devontae Freeman, and he gave us a couple games that looked like he might. Um, right now, if you want to buy him, you know, if you're a com- competitor and you want to sell your probable late round first for him, that's probably what it's going to take. Uh, I don't think too many players are going to sell him for a second for dynasty, and that's really what I would want to pay uh, if I did want to buy him. And and Kittle, um, Kittle is a guy that looks like an early hit at tight end, and in total points, he's actually twelfth. At the position um, this season, he's lower than that in points per game. But, um, you know, availability is one of the best abilities, right? So he's been out there every week and um, he's, he's you know, technically a, a tight end one right now. So kudos to those of you who drafted Kittle, you know, in like the third, fourth round of your rookie drafts. Yeah, and he uh, posted a line four for 46 uh, on eight touches. So the last two weeks, he's looked uh, very, very good. So I'm very interested. I, I don't buy into rookies much in uh, year one and year two. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does as the season progresses. But he does look good very early. Kirk Cousins uh, threw a pair of touchdowns, finding Josh Dotson on one of them and uh, Samaji P. Ryan on the other and uh, ran one in himself. Uh, the team was led in rushing by Chris Thompson again, but it was only six for 33. He did kind of save his day on the receiving end, four for 105. And uh, then throughout the rest of it, uh, it was pretty in rushing for nine times for 23 yards. But uh, outside of that there, I guess we'll uh, you know dive into maybe Terrell Pryor and uh, Jordan Reed, their values in Dynasty as we move forward. Obviously, Reed has been uh, banged up the majority of the season, and then Pryor just hasn't uh, found that link yet with uh, Cousins. Well, I'll start with Pryor because he's the easy one. Uh, he's he's dead to me at this point. Um, you know that the, yeah. You know, I, I wish I was joking, but I'm I'm really not. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh Doxson um, is starting to flash a little bit. The team has every incentive to see you know what they have in their first round guy from uh, a couple years ago, and and Pryor just he looks like he was a flash in the pan at this point last year. You know, many people argued that he was. And the Browns didn't re-sign him. Um, you know, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. It looks like, you know, it looks like there was a fire there. And uh, Cousins doesn't trust him. You know, he had some problems with some big drops early on in the season that he's just never really recovered from. So, you know, I moved him outside of my top 50 uh, dynasty wide receivers at this point. I want nothing to do with him. He'll probably go out and score two touchdowns this week just because I said that. Um, but I don't have any confidence in him. And if I if I did own um, any of him at this point, um, I would be trying to move him 
with Jordan Reed, he he's still you know he's a conundrum wrapped in a riddle, man. Um, you know he if he was if he was healthy, he's a top three, top two tight end. Um, it all comes down to health with him, and uh, we just can't trust him to be there. So you kind of have to value him as a, a lower end tight end one. But you'll never be able to buy him for that because the people who own him expect that premium value. So he's he's a guy that's just very hard to move if you do have him, and if you don't have him, he's he's like impossible to buy. You know, there, there's just a lot, lot of market inequity um, with Reed, and you know, players that are injured a lot are, are guys that kind of fall into that trap. So if you own Reed, um, you're probably stuck with him unless you really want to sell low, um, and you and you just hope that he can stay healthy enough um, to to put it together for you. Cousins looks like he's starting to come out of his uh, coma. Yeah, and uh, with uh, Reed there, he's somebody who I took over uh, an orphan team this uh, off season, and I spent almost three months uh, trying to negotiate a trade for him, and it really did take that time. Only one share that I've ever owned of him, it took that much, so I can only imagine what you could get now. Uh, pretty much nothing at this point. We're going to go rapid fire for a few teams here in uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, we're looking at Rob Gronkowski, obviously we know what Gronk can do. Uh, had six catches for 83 yards, two touchdowns, so no surprise there. Branton Cook's nice game, six for 93 Chris Hogan had a quiet week. Uh, he took a big shot early in the game, and uh, that was really all he did. He stayed in in the game, but nothing really came about it. Then for the Jets, uh, Josh, Josh McCown was somebody who I streamed in a few games last week and came up uh, really well for me. Uh, 354 yards, two touchdowns for him. Then the wide receivers, Curse uh, with 4 for 79. Robbie Anderson, 4 for 76. And Jermaine, Jeremy Curley, 2 for 61 and a touchdown so we're looking through this I think though the one that you want to look at is uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins out of these two matchups is, out of these two teams is probably the one that's uh, gaining uh, value the quickest 8 catches for 46 yards and a touchdown another player I uh, targeted stream last week in a lot of leagues so with uh, ASJ how are you seeing him it's a big bounce back from his days in Tampa Bay where he came in to the league as a rookie and people had a really high hopes for him he's kind of climbing back up and ascent in that way again I was going to say do you remember the uh, the whole scenario where ASJ just kind of went off the deep end on Twitter <laughs> um, at the 20 end there at Tampa Bay so, something happened in training and and uh, and session and uh, i can't remember what the actual context of the tweets were but i do remember when he he just literally uh, had a massive meltdown oh yeah i mean it was like aliens inhabited his body it was <laughs> it was kind of uh, a crazy a crazy deal here but man talk about a guy who's really turned it around um you're seeing a lot of the puff piece type articles where you know asj has has righted it and he knows how to work now and he knows what it takes to produce in this league um this is very real um asj um, there's there's not a lot of reason for opposing teams not to just key on him at this point. He continues to produce. Um, I moved him inside my top 12 dynasty tight ends. I would have, you know, if you would have told me that back in August, um, I probably would have taken that bet with whatever odds you would have given me that if you told me I would have moved him up in the top 12. But but here he is sitting at my number 12 now um, in my latest update this week. So, um, yeah, if, if there's a guy in your league or gal, you know, fellow owner who's not valuing him, um, at that level, you know, he's still a, a person to buy. And if, if you own him, I'm probably not selling. Um, and instead I would look and see who do you own in front of him, um, that maybe you're more comfortable moving and, and making way for SJ to take over that role and, and, and cash out your other piece. That's a little older. Yeah. One of the leagues, one of, it's actually my home league and I was disappointed because, um, I, I stashed them all off season. You know, I stashed them in a lot of leagues. I kept them in most of my leagues, but in that league in particular, final cutdowns, I cut them 
cut him and he was picked up uh, the following week uh, I think for maybe six dollars or something on the waiver wire so I, I'm really regretting that one at a position where I have uh, Olsen as my tight end and obviously he's on IR at the minute so I wish uh, I could slot ASJ on there into my lineup. Uh, the Dolphins uh, trailed the, the Atlanta Falcons by 17 points this week. Uh, do you know what happened happened next? Uh, do you know Curtis? Well, I, I know that they won the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they won the game 20 to 17. Yeah. And Atlanta, man, um, just it's it's like choke city there now. You know, it's, I'm glad I don't really have not. any friends in Atlanta. They'd hate me right now. Yeah, it's re- it's really not going their way. And of course, uh, after that, uh, you know, another comeback against them. They get to face the Patriots this week, so it's uh, not a subtle reminder of what happened to them in the Super Bowl. So the Dolphins did bounce back a little bit in this uh, touchdowns for Landry and Stills. JJ looked more like what we expected this season: 130 yards and 26 carries carries for him uh, do you think uh, you know Ajay's where we did think he would be in the offseason at this point do you think you know this role can continue moving forward I just I haven't been able to trust any of these Dolphins uh, over the last couple of weeks well there's there's a couple things happening with Ajay that are very specific and I'm not sure which one is the leading indicator and which one's the trailing but um, you know his, his splits look very similar between his healthy weeks and his injured weeks and also in Dolphins wins versus Dolphins losses he's basic when he's been healthy the Dolphins have won and he's also produced when he's been on the injury report the Dolphins has have lost and he's also not produced so you know I'm not sure um, which is the more important factor there Um, but what it tells me is that health is obviously important um, for this back and the coaches are really monitoring his touches um, when he is banged up so I think the, the important thing for Ajayi moving forward is just watch that injury report, see if he shows up on it. If he's not on it, start him with supreme confidence. If he is on it, you know, like in DFS, you may want to be careful about investing too much uh, in him on that particular weekend. I think if he's on your dynasty squad, you pretty much have to start him in, unless you're, you know, extremely deep at the position. Um, but yeah, yeah, he he's a guy that if you if you were out on a Jai preseason, you can say you're right. And if you were in on a Jai preseason, you can say you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of still a little bit up in the air. I'm going to hit on a few players now, get your opinions on them, uh, just as a, you know, a dynasty prospect, maybe a valuation. There's a player whose valuation has really skyrocketed since the start of the season. That's Deshaun Watson for the third consecutive game. He threw three or more touchdowns. He is the first rookie ever to accomplish that. And uh, he racked up 225 passing yards for and uh, 23 rushing yards in this one. So I guess we'll start off. I have uh, Deshaun in a couple of leagues, and I'm getting some serious offers uh, for him over the last couple of days. Is he somebody that you think this is the real deal, or uh, what are you thinking about his current value? Well, I can't find a reason to doubt him. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's going to keep up this pace. At some point, defensive coordinators are going to see, you know, what is his tell. Um, or they're going to figure out a way to take away DeAndre Hopkins when you know he's got such a massive target share. You know, at some point they're going to figure out, well, I better take this guy away. Um, you know, but then, but then, you know, I guess you know the next guy you want to talk about is is Will Fuller. He's going to burn you um, if the safety gets too greedy on on Nook. So um, you know, it's it's one of those things where is it really Deshaun or is it because he has this talented supporting cast? If you really look at it, um, you know, he's got a couple. Um, you know, really supremely talented receivers on, on either side. He's got some shifty people for the slot, like, you know, Brexton Miller, and he's got uh, Lamar Miller and um, Deontay Foreman in the backfield. So um, it's kind of like some of the parts thing, um, too, that I think is going on there. But, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, you have to view Watson as a, a, a QB1 right now, um, probably in Dynasty, too. I mean, this you know, this is the type of thing that does not happen often. You know, this reminds you of what RG3 was doing in his rookie year. But, 
it, Watson's doing it um, a little bit more with his arm um, than, than with his legs. You know, he's got more of the passing touchdowns where Griffin was leaning a little bit more on the uh, on the scrambling and, and the designed runs even. So, yeah, I you know, I've, I've got Watson in several leagues and I'm starting him with confidence over, you know, much more much more established uh, quarterbacks like Philip Rivers and the like. So. Um, you know, just one of those guys that you're very happy you ended up with. Yeah, and uh, the next player I want to talk about, obviously, uh, Todd Gurley has uh, bounced back this season uh, to what he did in his rookie year and is looking very, very good. But a player on the, the Rams that hasn't looked all that good since he was traded from the Buffalo Bills is Sammy Watkins. Uh, he was kind of stopped again this week, caught one ball for 11 yards. Uh, what are you doing with Sammy Watkins at this moment in time? Yeah, I'm trying to buy Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, the big problem is most of the people that own him at this point are Sammy truthers um, because there's been a lot going on. Yeah, there's been a lot going on with Sammy for, you know, well over a year at this point with the injuries. And so he's already changed hands, um, probably to the biggest Sammy fan in your league. But if for some reason, um, you know, that owner is, is putting him on on his trade bait, you got to kick the tires. I think there's about a one percent chance that Watkins is back up. Um, in a Rams uniform next year. You know, he's saying all the right things and being a, a polite teammate about, you know, the volume will come when it comes and, you know, I'm doing my job, whatever. Uh, Sammy Watkins uh, is not interested in a, in a role where he's going to be targeted a, a handful of times per game um, or maybe, you know, even less than that. Sammy Watkins wants to be an alpha dog. He's going to expect to be paid like an alpha dog. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy to buy him um, right now at his absolute lowest and, and take that chance. You're still probably going to have to pay a first for him. Uh, I think you can get him a little cheaper than Amari Cooper right now because there's a couple years of frustration with those owners. Um, probably not going to be able to get him just for a second yet, but I, I think he's a buy, and I think around this time next year, people would be pretty happy about that investment. Yeah, and I'm going to hit him one or two more uh, just before we wrap up. Obviously, I mentioned earlier about Adrian Peterson moving to the Cardinals. Uh, he gashed the Bucks defense this weekend at the game with 134 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Looked good, and uh, I guess, you know, he's obviously an old guy, but uh, he, he'll be happy with what he was able to produce. Uh, didn't produce much down in New Orleans. Carson Palmer had uh, 283 passing yards and three touchdowns, and Fitzgerald caught 10 of 11 targets for 138 yards and a touchdown. So it's been a, a case, um, you know, the old guys are getting it done uh, in Arizona. Just let's say you're on a, a contending team now. Uh, is there any of those guys? Obviously, you, you're targeting into Fitz, uh, you know, but with AP, are you buying into what he did this week? It looked pretty good on tape. I'm not. I'm not buying AP. Uh, it's not because he didn't have a great game. Um, he did have a great game, but the the Bucks are trash on defense. I mean, that defense is uh, that's that's a, a stream players against the Bucks defense. Um, you know, they're about like the Saints a couple of years ago. Just start anyone anyone who's facing them with confidence. Um, but you know, David Johnson still looms. You know, if 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 the Cardinals are somehow in the playoff picture, you know, come week eleven when Johnson can come off of IR. And he returns. I mean, Peterson's going to be right back where he was, you know, two weeks ago in New Orleans, holding his helmet on the sidelines, looking mad that he's not in the game. So um, he's a guy that will probably, you know, if you trade for him now, he's going to have that volume. He might help you get toward the playoffs. But I think, you know, he's going to be replaced or severely uh, have severely diminished volume opportunity um, when you do get to the playoffs. So I would just I would urge people to just use a little bit of caution uh, before you go out and, and run and spend um you know, I guess, premium capital to acquire AP at this point. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned there, you know, the Bucks being a, a bad run defense, they're also a bad pass defense, and um, just after we finish recording this show, we'll be recording uh, the 
the uh, fantasy football beat for uh, Rotoviz, and we're going to be talking about the Bills uh, going up against the Bucks. So it is an absolutely, uh, it's a great matchup this week for the running back situation uh, with LaShawn McCoy. And then obviously, if you have uh, Tyrod Taylor going up against uh, that Bucks defense on the road. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes this week. One other question here as we uh, get it all wrapped up. Martavis Bryant has uh, looked for, uh, there's been rumours coming out that he's looking for a trade away from Pittsburgh and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster who I've been impressed with what he's done so far this uh, off season or this season rather. Uh, looking at the two of those guys moving forward uh, out of the two, uh, is Bryant still the one that you want or is uh, Juju creeping up on, on Bryant's shoulders? I, I think right now, I mean they're they're equivalent assets probably in terms of value or what you would have to pay for them. I think I prefer Juju at this point. I mean, the guy, you know, he was 20 years old coming into the league. I mean, he, he's a baby. Um, I didn't expect him to do anything this year uh, in, in Pittsburgh. They're not a, a team that has really given their young receivers a chance early. Um, you know, even Antonio Brown took a few years before he got his feet under him there. So um, I've been I've been very impressed with what Juju's been able to do. Um, he looks like he is doing, you know, all of the tough things that the coaching staff would ask of, of a younger receiver. He's, you know, blocking aggressively and uh, knows where he needs to be on the field. Bryant, he's just kind of an enigma, you know, uh, he's going to get those deep targets and, you know, he, I don't think he's become a complete enough receiver, um, to, to really warrant extra volume there when, when you know you can target Brown and you know what you're going to get. I mean, he can beat any matchup. So I, I would prefer Juju at cost. Um, versus Brian at this point. And, you know, Brian, I think, probably has to get out of black and gold to realize his full potential at this point. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one because even, uh, you know, this offseason when he was coming back from the suspension, uh, his value still was creeping up and it was, you know, almost at its uh, its highest as we got ready for the season. So he has uh, taken a real dip there in the, the first couple of weeks of the season. And Smith Schuster, as you mentioned, so young and uh, has looked ex- uh, like for what I thought he was going to do. I thought he was going to be, you know, the wide receiver three or wide receiver four in this team. But at the moment, you have to put that argument there that with even the tight end situation, he's probably the second uh, favoured pass catching option if you take out Le'Veon Bell behind Antonio. Brown, but uh, you mentioned Antonio Brown there as well. He had eight catches for 155 yards and a touchdown, which is absolutely insane this week. And that kind of deflected catch that he caught in the fourth quarter uh, didn't uh, didn't help me. Do, didn't do me any favors this week in uh, my fantasy matchups. Lost a couple of close games due to that one. But uh, with all that said, uh, a bit of positive news to finish it out with. Uh, in Rappaport is reporting this week that Vikings uh, will activate Teddy Bridgewater uh, off the pop list, and uh, obviously then they have three weeks to decide uh, whether he will play this season but a uh, very positive news on an injury that a lot of people uh, were very skeptical that he would ever return to play so uh, good news there for Teddy B uh, so as we finish up here obviously I mentioned the slack chat at the start uh, but I'll just give you the floor now and uh, give a final uh, quick shout out to uh, whatever that you, you want to uh, let the listeners know about well thanks again for having me on calm um, you know you guys can follow me at cpatrickNFL on twitter uh, you can follow uh, the Dynasty Command Center Slack chat. You can follow that at Dynasty Command on Twitter. Or, I mean, you can just even hop in my DMs on uh, on Twitter, and, and I'll talk to you about it, uh, see if it's the right match for you. You can look uh, look at my writing every week uh, at Pro Football Focus, um, doing some uh, DFS boom-bust picks every week and have done some quarter-season and half-season work uh, coming up here soon. And, uh, of course, you can find all my Dynasty work at DLF. So, um, yeah. 
that, that's my that's my rider at this point yeah so there's uh, there's lots of stuff going on again uh, as curtis mentioned there the best way to find out everything is at c patrick nfl and uh, you should be following him especially you know even if you're playing just in a redraft league but if, if you're playing in dynasty it's uh, one of those must follow accounts i mentioned earlier scott fish and ryan mcdowell well curtis is in there with ryan mcdowell uh, on the player raider podcast and also on that slack chat so there's just uh, no reason not to be following him at this point so i mentioned at the start of the show make sure you subscribe to the podcast do that uh, via whichever uh, way you want to do it but just make sure that you do it and come back each and every week listen to the show and if you're on the oti website that's overtimeireland.com do check out uh, all the different uh, affiliate links we have there under the recommended page there's some different things check out with uh, amazon with uh, audible so on and so forth do check them all out and until i'm back next week with another show have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland check out overtimeireland.com and continue to spread the word this has been an overtime ireland production 